Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today is episode 88. I can't believe it. I think I keep saying that really regularly now. It's like, really... it's like yeah, just get with it now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, today, Kate and I, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the emotional side of cravings. And um, this kind of came up because we were talking about summer and, and the heat and how, you know, even though both of us are you know, very, very, very happy ex-smokers. We still have this kind of emotional memory attachment to hot days and smoking. Um, and obviously, you know, that 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 coexists with, you know, the memories of drinking. And we know that this time is is hugely difficult for people and probably was the most difficult period for us to moderate stroke manage our drinking so we wanted just to kind of have a chat about that and break down what's going on I suppose um so that's our topic for today so just check in and say hi before we start say hi Kate how are you doing hello yes I'm I'm all right I think I am still a bit rabbit in headlights about everything but um but yeah, I, I I feel like I can't sleep enough at the moment. Like I just want to sleep and I want to nap all the time. <laughs> I don't know. So, but then that's you know that's having homeschooled children, isn't it? And or in the lockdown and the kind of. <laughs> but yeah, but no, you know what? I am actually I am pretty chipper today. Thank you very much. So, how are you? Same. Yeah. So what's happening to us? 10 out of 10 on both of all. Come on, let's not go that far. Uh, Nine, (laughs) eight, eight, (laughs) slowly going down, seven. Um, Thinking about it, I did sleep on the sofa last night, so it's not (laughs) that excellent. Um, Yeah, no, I'm all right. You know, it's really hot here. um, And I'm in week two of the summer holidays. Um, So that's that. yeah, I'm all right. I'm a yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all right. I need to keep hydrated. Is. I feel really hot. It's probably because we've both done yoga this morning. That is true. It does help. Yeah, and I had a. We were talking about this before because I obviously I've struggled a lot with mm. with yoga and specifically with any sort of meditation due to kind of you know complex PTSD trauma um, and. It's incredibly, it has been incredibly hard for me to have any sort of like concept of letting go or peace or not control. Um, And so I've started doing yoga with a friend of mine. She's just um, graduated and she is doing restorative yoga. So it's what I was looking for, I think, in the terms that it's very, very low impact it's very about sort of you know bolsters and cushions and blocks and making sure you're supported and at the end she did you know a meditation and and I think it was yeah it was the first time where I was just like I let go a little bit of just and had some peace Mm. um which is pretty amazing um 
And it's only happened once before. And that was when I was working with a therapist. And so I made and it actually it was in a room with other people that were in that were part of the 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 therapy that I was doing. Um, And so I realized that, um, yeah, there's something about being with people that you care about, basically, and being people being not being alone. So, you know, I think if anyone's like has never been able to or kind of resonates like maybe try to sort of put your insight timer or you know whatever your app on with a friend and try and meditate together with someone that you trust because mm. it was that thing of like I don't have to be scared I don't have to sort of, so even though I'm you know when I've tried before I'm obviously safe I'm in my house with my family or whatever but it's the fact that I am still alone and no one's kind of watching over me essentially so to do meditation in a group or with someone that you really trust was quite yeah in, enlightening I would even say so there's a couple so that's, of things with that isn't it like I, I just I'm so delighted for you and we talked a bit about that before which is just like I just got all like I got the happy hits when you told me that and I was like yay for you um but it's like I was <laughs> this reminds me of oh this is so embarrassing I was watching the Mandalorian last night it's like part of the Star Wars thing that's my husband's making me watch because we've got Disney plus um, for the kids and we've run out of things to watch so we were watching the Mandalorian which is just so rubbish and they were in the desert and it was like right who's keeping watch well one of them slept the other one keeps watch and then you thought so there's that bit about that isn't it it's that well who's keeping watch thing that we have as sort of pack animals and the other thing is that that thing about the polyvagal theory which is co-regulating with other people so the when people are doing the same thing and in the same environment so yeah so that was so yeah so I guess that's why I'm a bit chipper today I suppose because I've actually accessed a bit of peace for probably the first time in about 15 years so can I talk about my yoga experience this morning is that I did my I switched the video off because they were so it's absolutely fine if you switch the video off and then I did what I wanted to and didn't follow what the teacher was doing. And then I had to lay down and I went and had to cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really sorry, Bryony Widup, if you ever listen to this, you are a freaking amazeballs teacher. Like, it was amazing. But I really needed to lie down and then I really felt like I needed to have a cup of coffee. And I know that you would support me in that and just go, that's absolutely fine. That's what you need. It was the wise yogi's choice. Yes. Yes. But no, that sounds amazing. It sounds amazing and I'm delighted for you. Truly. Dude. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really happy. Right, so let's dive in. Yarp. Um it is a known sort of fact that problematic drinking escalates over holiday periods. So the summer holidays and Christmas are probably the two key kind of areas. So I suppose you know, it's like, well, why is that? Like, I suppose the first thing to say is, you know, what do we associate with those times? So, you know, why why is it that, that, that we have this kind of association with it, would you say? Well, the sunshine, for sure. Um, 
I mean, that, that is, it's like very well documented, isn't it? That, that the sort of sunny weather. And I think for people um, in Northern Europe or in the Northern Hemisphere, that then that triggers that, um, this, it's sort of another feasting time. I think it was traditional. Like, so historically, you'll have the feasting and the wassailing and all the rest of it. So there'll be some something in the cultural fabric of that. And then you've got the summer holidays. So you've got that away from normal time. Let's all be a bit more relaxed. Let's have a bit of manana and a bit of um, the take on board the Mediterranean thing that we'd actually all like to take on board. Um, so we've got that. And then we've got the the horror that is the summer holidays and the formlessness and the lack of structure and the extra work. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, the lovely time with our children. That's what I mean. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things there isn't there so there's this element of kind of of a more relaxed time mm. you know a, a happier time a time of connection with others yeah um you know a time of not having rules mm. you know um and all these kind of things feed into kind of our emotional side of our brain and something you know seeking certain things and a lot of that is in relation to memory and this is what one of the things that I think works so well to kind of think about and and really kind of analyze about when you get a craving you know for a drink it's about a memory that you've associated with and it's actually nothing to do with the drink. It's to do with an experience that you had mm. that you want to recreate. And then it's about the story we tell ourselves and the narrative. So there's a lot of there's a lot of visual memory going on. There's a lot of um, storytelling around that one pick. Yeah, and so it's like, and then you add in something that you know that is a drug that you know. Um, has uh, a chemical impact on the brain mm. you know that creates a craving loop that you want to have more of you know so I mean we were talking about smoking were we so it's, it's that's why it, the bond becomes even stronger because it's like you can think about things like if you talk if you think about experiences related to you know doing something I mean like I can have that sort of I can have a memory association with early mornings, you know, sat outside before the kids get up, having a cup of tea and reading my book. Mm. You know, that's quite a strong emotional bond that I have to that time and that experience. You were saying you have that with, you know, having a coffee. Mm. Um, I mean, you can think about that, like coming back from, you know, I don't know, doing a run and you're like high adrenaline and then having, you know, a really nice um some some bread and honey and a, you know and a nice glass of water or something like those are all kind of emotional so associations with doing something mm. and a time that was satisfying to you but with alcohol as with smoking you're adding in an addictive chemical into that so not only are you having the kind of very normal kind of memory-based association with like wow that was really nice and I really enjoyed that then you're having that bond of something that you know that you've developed a problematic relationship with so I think kind of that's the first element I suppose is to 
you know think of it in terms of a memory and think mm. and really think about it in terms of of the chemical reaction in your brain and what's going on um and so what can you do i suppose to replace or change or build a kind of framework against those cravings mm. well you can do those things where you substitute so you build new you build new patterns and new pathways can't you so it's about you know that it, that's almost like that replacement therapy kind of thing it's like I don't change the ritual but I change the ingredients and that so I don't feel like I'm I'm kind of missing out or you can go the other way and create completely new things so I think it's about so there's, there's almost like a, there's a backward focus and a front focus, isn't there? There's like challenge the old and really unpick them and get quite mindful about them. And then it's like create new ones and then they go into the memory bank. So now, you know, a year down the line, these are the ones that you're calling on. Mm. And they will be a resource for you. Um, and they don't they don't happen overnight, do they? But they happen you know, and I think part of that as well, you know, we talk quite a lot now about mindfulness and that just sort of being present and aware is that if we bring that to the conscious, if we if we name it, if we point, if we do things very intentionally um, within our sort of one day at a time kind of attitude of setting our intentions that we've talked about before, we can really point a name and say, okay, this is, I'm consciously doing that. I'm really going to tune in. I'm going to really... I'm going to sit there, um, I'm going to look at the sky, I'm going to supercharge it. You can supercharge it with that kind of dopamine and that sort of connective thing in the brain, can't you? So as I'm sitting, holding my coffee, I'm going to feel the warmth on my hands. I'm going to look at the sky, I'm looking, going to drink in that deep blue and those beautiful fluffy clouds. I'm going to get a little tingle, I'm going to listen to the bird song and I'm going to fill up my senses and then, boom, we've got some kind of thing happening in the brain and the body and our, and our physiology that's going to imprint and remember that. And then that can be used to build positive associations with, with, with helpful habits and, and break those bonds with the maladaptive ones. Yeah, and I think you, something you said when we were planning earlier is, is really interesting, you know, is the fact that the dopamine hit it's not necessarily when you take that first drink. It's when you make the decision that you're going Ooh. to. It's the anticipation so it's of reward. It's the anticipation of reward. Yeah. And so, you know, that's very interesting in itself. So it's like the, that build up and then going, oh, right, you know, fuck it. I'm going to have a drink. Then, then that's like, that's the release of like, <sighs> you know, and so part of that is is like having that toolkit of like different things so when you're starting to search it's like oh, I've got it you know I'm gonna like go in the bath or I've got it like I'm gonna have an iced tea or I'm gonna um, go for a run or whatever and that's allowing your brain to have still have that kind of release of dopamine to be like yes I've got the answer and it's gonna you know take you away from you know the craving of doing something that's going to be negative to to you mm. um and uh, another thing to sort of you know note, and I think we've talked about this um and it's kind of I learned about it through Jonathan Haidt's book The Happiness Hypothesis um 
but it's the, the elephant and the rider idea, you know, that you've got the emotional side of your brain, which is, you know, memory, um, connection, love, uh, all those things. And then you've got the sort of logical part of your brain, um, which is kind of facts, figures, you know, knowing the evidence. And the emotional side will always win. Mm. So like, no matter how much you know, it's like, because we have that classic thing, it's like, but I know, I don't know why I do it, because I know it's not good for me. You know, it's like, why does anyone start smoking? You know, quite frankly, it's like, we know it's not. And that's why it's so bizarre for a kid, because they're like, why would you ever do that stuff? Mm. Because they haven't got any emotional kind of relationship with these ideas. They haven't seen it on TV. It hasn't been aspirational. It wasn't cool, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, the elephant being your emotional brain and the rider being your logical brain. And so there is a lot of work in terms of building a new path for your emotional brain to go down. Mm. And that is all that memory association and like, oh, no, but I like waking up in the morning and not being hung over is so amazing. And that mm. that becomes bigger than the idea of, you know, having that quick fix of, of a glass of wine. So that's also something to sort of to think about. Um, and I suppose we were talking about, too, in terms of, you know, being mindful. And we haven't thought about this before, but being mindful of using your senses to really kind of think about what it's really like. Mm. Um, because certainly for me, like I hated, I always hated day drinking. I absolutely hated it because, you know, after that initial like, yay, you know, when you're having lunch or whatever, A, I'd eat loads, like I'd overeat because I'd be panicking that I'd get drunk. So I'd be like, oh, must have more carbs, soak it up, soak it up. And then I'd be really lethargic in the afternoon. I'd be, I wouldn't have any patience with the kids. Mm. I wouldn't want to do anything. I wouldn't want to go to the beach. I wouldn't, you know, I just want to sleep it off or I just want to carry on. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when you start, to, that's actually the reality of it. Yeah. You it's, can use your, your senses and, and mindfulness almost. Um, to chat to myth bust can't you so if, if if we talked about it didn't we it's like if we do if we naturally have these kind of you know the memory and the senses play such a part in creating and and informing our cravings we can sh flip that and use them to uncouple and to challenge those cravings is essentially so yeah. like you said that well, what's, you know, what's it really like? Really? The feeling? What's the feeling like in my body? Because it's going to, so you're the first fleeting thought of, oh, my God, you know, that'd be, yeah, having a glass of wine at lunchtime. What's it really like? What's it like in my body? That that whole, you know, yes, I feel lethargic. Um, and the other thing we were talking about, weren't we, if you really, I was thinking, you know, it, you know that taste, that if you, if you recall that, the wine breath and the taste in your mouth and the dehydration. If you recall 
the fuzzy head and that irritability and that always categorized it for me though you know especially sort of the end and it was like well yeah what's the point I'm either going to carry on and then suffer a horrific hangover or you've got that uh, you know that you've got to stop that irritability and that frustration I would crave fags dreadfully and so yeah there'd be that that never quite satisfied because I'm going to want to eat or I'm going to smoke. So there was that. And that feeling of just not feeling right in my skin, in my body. Um, so if we, yeah, so to, to really kind of hone in on those and the light sensitivity and the warning, I want just people to shut up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, well, the, actually, that was the reality of it. It wasn't this nice experience yeah because you know with any like high you know instantaneous high then there's the come down afterwards Mm. isn't it and that's what it's about that's that's the craving yeah that's the craving cycle so you're like oh yay and then it's like oh so what do I do now like either I have another glass and I can sort of maintain the bars or I have to deal with the consequences yeah (laughs) you know and but there's this kind of because of the pressure and all these kind of emotional attachments that we had at the beginning, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's summer and we're free and there's no, you know, uh, boundaries and like, like this is how we should sort of holiday. Then, you know, we're, we're drawn back into that behavior, even though like evidence, I mean, for years I knew that summer was the worst time for me because I could control and moderate quite well with the structure of the the working week. So it's like, yeah, I could play that, you know, I'm not going to drink Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, I'll drink Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, and try and moderate that sort of scenario, which was just about manageable for my mental health. Not really. But then, you know, come the summer holidays and it was like, yeah, like, oh, well, we'll have some with lunch and uh, 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 and then you just get this kind of, utter exhaustion Mm. but yeah I do it every summer Mm. you know so it's really and we went through the senses didn't we so you can think about yeah in terms of smell taste sight sound touch Mm. you know that sensitivity of like oh being hot when you've got when you've got a hangover it's the worst Mm. you know and again because we this this conversation started because we were talking about smoking and it's mm. like but actually smoking in, yeah. in on the beach is actually really rank it's like <laughs> not nice at all like you're dry you've got a dry mouth like headache like that weird kind of buzz that then you like don't really know what to do with yourself like none of it's yeah, sort of nice no, but no. still like as ex-smokers who are so happy not to mm. smoke anymore the sun still does that little yeah. ting and I find myself like you know if if someone's if I'm walking along and it's there's something about morning there's something about the summer and in the morning when people are smelling of kind of stronger of perfume and they're on the way to work and if I was walking behind a smoker I'd try and walk a bit closer so that I could sniff (laughs) which is quite disgusting really I mean obviously I can't do that now because we're in (laughs) 
But I mean, the actual physicality of, of actually sitting there and inhaling and smoking a fag it is is up. You know, really. You know, if I focus, if I hone right in on it, it would be absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's um, not. Yeah. So. so I guess that's one. You know, so create new memories. Um, use mindfulness to really kind of myth bust the actual experience, and especially kind of forward thinking to the day after or the hour after really I mean or, or, I don't know 10 however long it takes for it to sort of, it's not very long it's probably yeah. we should ask William Porter he'd know that yeah. um and and another thing is to make sure you're well resourced you know so that's the toolkit in terms of making sure you've got nice other drinks to drink that you're not thirsty that you are full um and also like really plan in especially if you're going on holiday like, what are you going to do with your time? You know, maximize that time, even if it is just sort of having a really nice nap, which, you know, is restorative rather than just sort of getting over that drink or going out and doing stuff, you know, and like what and, and really kind of writing that down and sort of and appreciating that and kind of, yeah, giving yourself a high five. Like I went for a run this afternoon. Normally, I would be sleeping off, you know, that lunchtime drink. So I am badass and wicked. Yay me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and do that on a daily yeah, basis. Absolutely. I mean, I suppose the last thing, because this is all the nice sides of the holidays, but there is the other slightly dark side of the period of school closure, mm. which has now permeated into our <laughs> actual life. Yeah. Um, and so I guess there is that nod that it is it is stressful and it is hard work and there's a lot of meeting other people's needs and just to kind of make sure that you're looking after yourselves and, and doing practicing self-care really. Um, taking little mini breaks. Um, yeah, what else would you say yeah, about that? Caring for the carer, isn't it, again? Um, yeah, and I think that you know the planning planning and blocking out time and seeing time as it really is and that you know just because it's the period of school closure doesn't mean that you don't still have lots of housework to do we have more because the kids are around um and you might be working at the same time and just to call it what it is you know I'm I'm we've been talking about this recently haven't we and I'm a real fan of pointing and naming and making things very explicit calling a spade a spade and I've been doing this in 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 conversations as well um and and not expecting people to not assuming it's like this is slightly going off the topic but we had to chat with my husband this morning about our son and him not really wanting to get up at the moment um and a bit off but but finding the evidence of him being up in the night eating stuff <laughs> watching telly like the array of kind of carnage everywhere around the house where he's he's been and all the lights on and obviously you know we, we're working with people about this but um but it's that sort of um you know I, I said to my, my husband well what I guess is going on in my head is that I'm I'm sort of seeing this as a period that we can absorb that it doesn't you know we're not he's not at school at the moment we're focusing on really fostering that connection and safety within the family and building relationships and him getting on well with his sister 
and you know just working with all of that and working with some reflective questions and and seeing what how you know how he were how he navigates this at the moment you know and then my husband was like oh yeah and I realized I hadn't said that out loud it's like I just assumed that we were on the same page and that immediately took pressure off and I know that sort of go you know changing subject slightly but it is that well what what are we hoping for this summer as a family you know beginning with the end in mind just get through it have a few nice days maintain be chilled yeah check in with each other and sort of so manage expectations plan make explicit what what you want it to be and maybe then that helps to identify any needs like well what are the pressure points okay I've got a massive thing at the end of the summer like I can't get myself run ragged in the summer because the first two weeks of September are always a bit crazy with back to school and my daughter's birthday and I've got my mum's 80th birthday to plan book launch and there's something else I can't even remember what that last thing is my son's starting a new school so it's like okay so we had to literally have to plan that in last week with you and with my husband and say okay so actually I think planning is that is one of those like boring things that really can help us though yeah. as sober carers caring for the carer 100 percent. and then and I do think that it's like we live in states of assumption mm. and I guess it's a kind of way of coping right because it's just like part of that it's like right or just you assume behavior it must there must be something behind it that is good mm. but you know there I mean it's I have that and I think we have that and that is such a breeding ground for kind of guilt and shame Mm. because we assume stuff I mean I had this last week that you know my my daughter and my husband were away he was working away and she went and spent the week with her cousins and her grandparents so it's just me and my son and I had such huge assumptions about how much he wanted to spend time with me. <laughs> like, and it's no like, you know, I, I honestly don't mind. But I put on so much pressure on myself of like, oh, my, we should be doing better things. I can't believe I'm working like. Ah, 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 ah. like um, and then literally. So every day I'll be like rushing to try and get stuff done. Um you know so I had in my head right from this this time to this time we'll do stuff together and pretty much no not pretty much every single time like he wanted to do something else like he wanted to be with his mates basically like like, right I'm gonna yeah (laughs) he totally dumped me um and and so it was it was it was hugely fueled by assumptions and then I'd just be like oh right okay now I can come come back to work and I guess talk to me which is what you were really wanting to do (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean and I guess that's quite hard and I don't think I would have Mm. been very okay with that to be honest a few years ago and I I just sort of thought of someone that we've been working with and how how much that kind of how it can feel very hurtful when your kids don't want to spend time with you Uh, and so I do kind of that was definitely a kind of work that I I worked through because there was that thing of disconnect in my head where it was like 
I knew that I wanted to be a sort of parent that that my job as a parent was to you know make a secure safe environment for my kids to become independent and then to leave me essentially like I knew that's that's the sort of parent that I wanted to be like there was no nothing there was no um what's the word like backwards and forwards there was no kind of exchange like you know because that's kind of an experience of mine that's like that they don't have to be in in gratitude to me basically or you know that there's no kind of exchange emotional exchange so I knew all that but then you're like putting so much work in it's like you want some respect or you want something back you know you want some sort of feedback but anyway I've gone completely off topic but um I I I definitely have learned that when you kind of respect your own boundaries and you do have respect with each other Mm. you don't need that kind of attachment of like you know you can let them go and it'd be fine and also to you know stopping drinking I've got more stuff in my life now like I have my own passions and Mm. I think there's there's certainly a lot that happens for 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 women in the west I don't know about anywhere else actually but I I certainly can see it in the UK and the US models of parenting where it's very child focused which has brilliant parts of it Mm. but it leaves women self-sacrificing carers self-sacrificing themselves essentially for for their kids so anyway just yeah I mean part of that is sort of making sure you're all right on your own isn't it because mm. it was it was just like, oh fine and then it was like oh actually I don't care because I can go and have a bath like yahoo you know yeah. and that's kind of healthy right it's not like oh and and I definitely know in a few years ago I would have fe- I would have felt that deep deep pain of like mm. he he doesn't want me mm. therefore I'm worthless because mm. all my self-worth was tied up in being a perfect mum yeah Ooh, that got a bit deep and meaningful yeah. there for a moment. But anyway, yeah, I just know that that's that, isn't it? It's the it's it's that you know, as parents and carers, it's that 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 we have to be all right, all right on our own and yeah. also get support so that we don't get overwhelmed. And that's another part of the summer school period of uh, the period of school closure is to, yeah. especially if your kids are younger um it's you know it's that it's again the planning and outsourcing and asking for help and can they go to the grandparents if you've got that support and the play you know the summer camps and anything um yeah it's it's that combination of 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 connection and solitude and support and the whole 360 of us as in that caring role isn't it and and to remember to to resource all of that but I and I think that first point of pointing naming being mindful having a real look at what is and not making assumptions is a really good place to start because then we've then we've got a fighting chance of not going into crisis not going into fight flight not getting so triggered and stressed and then pushing the fuck it button and and yeah and I yeah, I also think there's that when you're drinking, there's very narrow thinking. And we've talked about that in lots of ways. Like we think there's only one way to socialize or, you know, everything becomes very, very narrow. And so, you know, if you've planned a nice day with your kids and then it goes wrong, 
Like it's so devastating because it's like everything just feels so immediate. Mm. Whereas now, like because my thinking has become so much more expansive and large, it's kind of mm. like, well, you know, I'm really, I, yeah, I'm kind of really looking forward to sort of, I don't know, hopefully going on a trek with my son, you know, mm. in uh, when he's when he's 18 or when he's 30 or do you know what I mean? Like my experiences with my kids are kind of much more expansive. Like, I mean, it might not work out like that at all. They might <laughs> never speak. They might never speak to me. Who knows? But like in my dream space, it's not just like about making today perfect. And then if it's not perfect, my whole world falls apart. Mm. And then I, you know, can commiserate myself by drinking a bottle of wine. Now it's like, oh, that day was a bit shit. Oh, well, we've mm. got other days. Yeah, it's having that overarching perspective, isn't it? And that, yeah. that widening that you said that 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 necessarily comes from that that sort of recovery process of building, you know, and making our brains healthier again. And it is it, it just you do get that perspective, and you it's really interesting, right? Because I I noticed that my husband's a little bit like he's tired at the moment and he needs a break. Now, he does have a bit of um, a thing about me being a cowboy and not doing things properly, which is which is very true, and I have to own that one. But I came home yesterday, no, or the day before, and I could hear him go, oh, for fuck's sake, and I was thinking, oh, no, what's happened? And, bas- and basically, he'd kicked over this pot of paint, right, in the garage, that I had been painting a while ago and allegedly had not put the um, top on properly and there was white paint all over the garage floor. And he was going like, he was really, really, really upset. I mean, true that his dad was about to come round and he was trying to do some lunch and the rest of it. It was like the last thing he needed. Um, but I was really surprised at how calm I was because I just, I just went, that's okay, I'll sort it out. And... I was like, back in drinking days, I literally wouldn't have had that brain capacity. I'd have gone, all right, well, I'm no, 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 no. And I'd have ended mm. up in a fight. And I said, it's fine, go, I'll, I'll sort it out. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, if you could only do this. And I was like, I know, I get it. Yeah. It's happened, so let me sort it out. It's fine. Well, how are we going to? And we, like, literally, and I was like, it's really cool. And I got a plastic bag and I cleared it up with bits of, paper and then I washed it and within like 10 minutes it was all it was all sorted and it was literally no drama but I didn't before like the second stage of that is I'm not going to react to you and end up in an argument so that we have a family crisis and then no one's speaking to each other just before your dad comes around because that would be crap right yeah but I would have taken it in and I'd have felt super super stressed and I'd have just been like okay, I'm going to contain all this anger and I'm not, but I'm going to still feel really shit. And then in the old days, then I would have gone and had a shakily had a glass of wine to calm my nerves. It was like, I just didn't, I just wasn't sent into crisis. I wasn't upset. I wasn't, I was like, yeah, that sucks. It doesn't mean that I'm shit. It doesn't mean that I'm a fucking waste of space and a silly whatever and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, all the inner self-meaning. Inner talk. critic didn't kick yeah. off. And I was like, well, so I mean yeah. and I was a bit like it is really difficult to get that paint put on. 
because it was like crusted up with white paint. (laughs) (laughs) So we effectively made ears properly. But no, I mean, those little bits, like that is the joy of sobriety. Like it keeps giving because that was like, it was like your your, you know, quite a seminal moment for you in meditation this morning in yoga. You were like, oh my God, I can do this. And I was like, oh my God, I wasn't triggered into self-hatred and... And, and an argument, I was like, I was cool with it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I do think it's like, you know, we, do, and that's why it's so great to, you know, people listening to journal or to have time out to think, you know, okay. because it's like, oh, I didn't realize that that had got a bit easier or yeah. kind of shifted or got better. And it's like, you know, that, I mean, I can totally relate to that, that kind of crisis of kind mm. of just that, like, you know how I used to not be able to work out time I'd just be like I can't like get out of the house like it was just like oh my god we're gonna be late it was just so over the top mm. because for whatever reason like my brain just wasn't working properly yeah. that's it yeah it is isn't it <laughs> I'm kind of just starting to realize that now like we were talking and I said I didn't realize how broken my brain was like I was yeah fully functioning member of, of society as far as you could gather but all yeah. of these bits were very dramatic and very um easily easily wobbled like there wasn't a lot of resilience there was a lot of emotion there that has definitely improved and it's like you know it's not to go oh well you know we're so calm and we're so like this yeah. like that. it's just like wow I feel like really amazed at how sobriety can just help with our mental health and our resilience and and then have positive impacts on our families because then when we haven't had a day in crisis and it's not not surprising that we haven't been martyrs and then just keeping the peace it's just genuinely we haven't been totally thrown by everyone else having a a bit of a meltdown yeah because being a martyr and keeping the peace is breeds resentment so then you're going to end up in the same space anyway and I mean yeah I mean then it's no surprise that some incredibly you know incredible beings throughout history have been non-drinkers is it (laughs) do you know what I mean if you start looking at sober celebrity lists or like you know world world leaders and all that it's like well ah it's because they had fully fully functioning brains they're like in the cool club with the functioning brain club now yeah man on that note i think we should wrap it up yeah we should what's your tip of the day tip of the day um tip of the day Oh, I like what you were saying the other day. We you were talking about goals, weren't we? And you came across a book where it said, you know, how goals can be a very heavy word, especially for people who have got a fierce inner critic or and women. It's not necessarily gender neutral. It's like, oh, goal, which can go either way. That's got a bit of a stereotype because some women absolutely love the whole bless you, goal. <laughs> there could be parts in our cycle when we love a goal, but yeah. but it can be a bit um, shoddy. So there were these gift goals. So what is your gift goal today? Like what is, and as soon as I go, mm, what's my gift goal? I go, mm, I get that like galaxy moment of that woman in the, <laughs> in the galaxy. So that's brilliant advertising, isn't it? But you know, that's sort of like, what am I going to do for myself today? What's your gift goal today? That's a tip. Nice. Mm. 
my tip of the day um, um i don't know um my tip of the day um is to prep you, the tip of the day yes indeed um it is to try group meditation mm, nice and what's your reason to love sober my reason to love sober is all of this again like i i, I genuinely feel i'm having a bit of a a bit, of a, a bit of a moment flush you know like it's felt like quite really 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 hard not sobriety but life has felt very hard for you know really hard work and I just feel like I'm sort of feeling the the ease of pressure a little bit and I'm really like uh I'm really enjoying like the little things like the blue skies and the clouds and the and the birds in the garden, like I'm, I'm able to access uh, sort of riches around me at the moment. And I haven't been for a while. I think I've been quite preoccupied and working quite hard. And that's lovely to pull back and, and like get, get a little bit of all of that, that lightness and that resourcefulness, something, whatever the word is. Yeah. Nice. What, what about you? Um, reason to love sober, clearly prepared. Um, I think it is just, um, yeah, I mean, I hadn't really kind of thought about the expansiveness of, of kind of thought, um, and, and, and the health, the brain health, I suppose. I hadn't really thought about it in the context we've just been talking about, um, and that's pretty amazing, really. And it it makes a huge amount of sense that, you know, when you get a fully functioning brain, you can, yeah, sort of just work things out in a in a healthier way. And and you know, obviously, not it's not not even going for perfect, but it's just like practice and development, yeah. and just like, yeah. and also just like when days are yeah it's not that catastrophe mm. isn't anymore whereas everything was like either really high or low it's just that that kind of more balance I suppose yeah um, and that gives me great hope it's like you know that whole thing you know when you when you if you want to stop drinking it's like that's all you can see really isn't it and the and the gaze has to necessarily be quite close for a bit but actually, once you've been doing it for a while, that there's there's still growth there. Like there's yeah. such growth, and that that's such a beautiful thing. And you know, and if you hit that kind of those plateaus in sobriety, to know that they'll pass. And if you add in and do the happiness practices, and you know, work on your toolkit, go that that you'll go into another period of growth. And and that's just yeah. just a beautiful thing to remember. So mm. cool. Um, so if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, just send up a flare, um, reach out, send us an email at info lovesober.com, uh, find us on Facebook. Um, well, I don't know if you can find us on Facebook. I think you have to get in touch with us first. I've been saying yeah, that. you can find Mandy Manners yeah. or Kate Bailey. Kate Bailey, yeah. so you can, you can friend us and then we can, we can add. Um, obviously, alcohol change um, has... Um, lots of stuff on their site. Uh, she recovers, sobaristas. 
Um, there's the sober sessions on Saturday still running. Um, so just send up a flare, get connected and uh, stay safe and we'll see you next week for more chats.